At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of the Hornets. Rob Longo with you today. A Charlotte season comes to a close after last night's 132-103 to loss in the play-in tournament for the second consecutive season. Last year, of course, it was in Indiana, and this time it happens in Atlanta. Charlotte finishes the season 42-39. and in the regular season, if you want to include the play-in tournament, it's 42-40. and 40. We'll go ahead and break this one down for you, provide you with our silver linings, because there were a couple in there. And, of course, we'll talk about the overall success of the season for the Hornets. And helping me break it all down, it's the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. And, Sam, I know this isn't the way we envisioned the season to end, but nonetheless, still appreciate you with me on this edition of the HHC. Yeah, Rob, thank you for having me, as always. You know, I love talking Hornets basketball, win or lose. Obviously, last night was, that was a bummer. I think it was it was a disappointing finish, and then that's kind of the uh, the cruelty of this play-in tournament. It gives you a chance to get in if you're in that 9 or 10 spot, and, you know, you have a bad night. You know, it, it's a bad night to have a bad night, and the Hornets had a bad night last night, and unfortunately, it was... Uh, kind of ended things so yeah ready to dive into it when you are yeah so let's go ahead and recap this one briefly as the Hornets led this one by four early but then Atlanta took its first lead of the game at about the seven minute mark of the first quarter and that was pretty much all it wrote from there because Atlanta was able to go on a 13 to 3 run they were leading this one 32 to 23 after the first quarter Hawks started the game hot five and nine beyond the arc the Hornets were just three of nine Kevin Herter came out and hit three big three-pointers. He had nine points early on. Montrezl Harrell was the leading scorer for Charlotte after 12 minutes of play with six points, so that kind of gave you an idea that the superstars weren't really showing up for Charlotte. And then we go into the second quarter. The Hawks were able to build off of that lead a little bit more, and then the Hornets were able to come back a little bit in that second quarter, got it down to as few as six, and then LaMelo Ball tried driving to the rim with the final possession of the first half, didn't get a foul call. Trey Young came the other way and hit a mid-range two, and the Hornets were 
trailing by eight at that point going into the locker room 60 to 52. Not really a huge, massive, pivotal turning point bucket at that point, but it kind of set up the stage for the third quarter as the Hawks just went bonkers. 42 points in that third frame. Trey Young was held pretty much in check in that first half, but then he was able to go off there in that third frame, go for 14 points in the quarter alone. He had 22 points through three quarters of play, and DeAndre Hunter had a big third quarter as well. He had 16 points on his own as well. Hornets were in a little bit of foul trouble there. Fourth quarter, things got a little bit more uglier as Charlotte trailed at 102-76 to going into the fourth quarter, and then things just kind of went bad to worse from there as Charlotte falls 132-103. to LaMelo Ball was your leading scorer yesterday. Game-high 26 points, had five rebounds, seven assists. The only problem is it took him a little while to get there in terms of shot volume. 7-24 to from the field, 4-14 from beyond the arc. He did go 8 for 10 from the free throw line, so that was good to see. But all in all, you know, just uh, not the greatest of nights for the Hornets yesterday. After the game, Miles Bridges talked about what the turning point was, and it clearly was that third quarter. Third quarter. We did a great job um, keeping it keeping it close, you know, until the third quarter. We, we you know, we turned the ball over and took bad shots. They got anything they wanted on offense. You know, credit to them. They did a great job of making shots, uh, making the right plays, and, and doing all the right things. But that third quarter really defined everything. Sam, I think you would be in agreement with that as well. But what specifically stood out to you the most in that third frame? I think it kind of started in that that first half a little bit. I think obviously the turnovers were an issue, the the missed shots, the shot selection even. It just never really felt like the Hornets found themselves in the first half. They were kind of out of rhythm. I don't think it was necessarily an effort thing or anything like that. It's just the timing looked a little bit off and just things just weren't clicking a little bit. And I think they, to their credit, they were able, they weren't playing their best basketball and they were down eight points. And like, like you said, it was, you know, a two possession game. I mean, it could easily made it a one possession game going into the half. And I think in going into that third quarter, when they had to kind of really tighten things up and play mistake free, I think things just got worse and, and the bottom fell out and the Hawks just played a tremendous stretch of basketball, hitting shots. I mean, they capitalized on every single mistake the Hornets are making, which I don't necessarily think they were doing in that first half. And it was, you know, missing shots and defensive assignments and getting out in transition. It just felt like everything kind of compounded into one kind of just ugly, ugly frame there. And then by the start of the fourth quarter, it was 25, 30 point game. I mean, at that point, it's almost impossible to come back. So I think it's just kind of an overall end to end, just not a sharp performance in, in really, really anywhere. And, you know, as I said, in the first segment, it's that's the cruelty is you got one bad night and it's over as we see kind of around this time of the year during the NCAA tournament. So, um, yeah, tough one to swallow, especially after the way everything kind of transpired last year, but not much more to it, unfortunately. These two teams played four times in the regular season this year, and both teams won twice, and both were able to pick up wins on each other's floor. So it was a pretty even matchup for the most part. In the most recent matchup, though, between these two teams, the Hornets were able to pick up a 10-point win at home that came back in March. They limited Trey Young to just nine points in that game. However, of course, today was not the case. And Terry Rozier talked about that after the game, about how the game plan coming in was to limit Trey Young, but they simply just cannot do it in that third quarter. Well, I think we had a lot of success when they came to Charlotte on Blitz and Trey. And, uh, you know, what good teams do, good coaches do, they adjust. So, you know, what we was going to do tonight, you know, we was going to try to be all over them and Blitz them. So they just made adjustments. Had the big stop short, uh, and they just made plays on the backside. I think that that kind of hurt us, but 
we just trying to take Trey out the game and, and they adjust it. So, you know, kudos to them. Kind of on a similar note there, Sam, I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. And the Hawks played extremely well. They shot 50% from beyond the arc. They shot 52% from the field in general. They looked really good out there. I was hoping going into this matchup, though, that we know what Atlanta was capable of last season. You know, they did a good job kind of riding that momentum. They made that run to the Eastern Conference Finals. I was hoping that the Hornets being in a one-game playoff last year and that playing tournament and that 9-10 matchup was going to be able to maybe give them the upper hand a little bit and kind of a you know, win or go home game. Simply that just did not work out yesterday. And I think that playoff experience certainly was able to be a big factor for Atlanta last night. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you talk about elimination games, I mean, what were the Hawks? They were down 3-1 last year to, to Philadelphia, I think, and, and had those fourth quarter comebacks and obviously faced elimination games that Milwaukee series as well. So it's not like an environment that they were completely unfamiliar with this, you know, lose and go home or lose your season. in. so, yeah, I mean, they, they were tremendous. You know, you saw that experience. I mean, they've really turned it on this last little stretch here as, as well. The Hornets have played, the Hawks have played really well. And I think at home, counting last night, there's something like 20 and three since mid-January at home. I mean, they've really, that's really been a tough place to play. Um, and yeah, I mean, they did a good job. I think the Hornets did a good job of kind of frustrating Young in the first half. He didn't have the 24 and 11. I think he shot, you know, 33%, maybe one of seven from three. And DeAndre Hunter just, I mean, he get the ball out of Trey's hands. And it's, it's just one of those situations where you go, you try and get one guy and then you got to take care of the other guys. And it's just so hard with their offense and how good it is that if you take one thing away, it's going to open up something else. And now you scramble over there to get that. And then something else opens and it just all of a sudden you're scrambling all over the place. And then at some point you're not guarding anything. And that's kind of what it felt like. It just, it, it just never felt like you can, and that's what makes them so good. I mean, that's, that's why they went to the Eastern conference finals. They obviously have a, you know, great chance to, to beat Cleveland on uh tomorrow night if they play like they did last night. So, uh, I mean, they're a really, really good team, really balanced, tough one defensively. And obviously when the offense wasn't clicking the way Charlotte wanted, it puts a little bit of a strain on your defense. And I think that's a lot of what you saw, particularly in that third quarter last night. Hornets fall in Atlanta last night, 132 to 103, ending their season. We're going to talk about our top performers or silver linings that comes your way next right here on Hornets Hivecast presented by Senta. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo and Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, putting a button on this play-in tournament in this regular season, really, for the Hornets after they fall in Atlanta last night, 132-103. to Time now for our silver linings after last night's game. Sam, as the guest of honor, I will let you go first. Who is your silver lining? Yeah, I thought one of the bright spots last night was was P.J. Washington. I think the Hornets did a good job kind of using him as that small ball center and opened things up a little bit more in that second quarter. He hit a bunch of, at the time, felt like, you know, good important critical three-pointers to kind of slow down the Hawks in that second quarter. Finished with 17 points, 7 of 10 shooting, 3 of 5 and 3, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. I mean, he played really well over the last several weeks as the starter with Gordon Hayward out. So um, I know it wasn't the team result, obviously, the Hornets wanted, but it was a good finish to a, a good stretch for P.J. Washington over these final four or five weeks of the season. 
P.J. Washington was, in fact, going to be my silver lining, so, of course, I will pivot in a different direction. I thought P.J. did a really good job keeping the team in the game there in that second quarter, kind of keeping them afloat when the offense certainly wasn't able to do that. So, for my silver lining, I have to go with LaMelo Ball. LaMelo, crouching behind a screen for Montrez. Drives up with a runner over Capella. Yes, counted in a foul. Maybe that'll get the Hornets' juices flowing. Unfortunately, it did not, but LaMelo Ball didn't have any quit last night in his run out there on the floor. This is kind of an all-encompassing silver lining for me here, Sam, because you know, as much as we want LaMelo and the rest of the team to get that playoff experience, get into a seven-game series and that sort of thing, you know, this is another stepping stone. It's a kind of another way that he's able to go into that postseason play, see how it feels. Obviously, you know, playing in Australia, you obviously you don't go the college route. You don't get the NCAA tournament kind of feel, which is pretty much what the play-in tournament is up until this point. So as much as, you know, LaMelo struggled from the field yesterday, he was able to battle back. He didn't show any quit. Did a good job trying to kind of, you know, just be that ebbing and flowing player out there, trying to keep everybody level. So I think that's just kind of a maturation from LaMelo, just taking that kind of that next step that we've seen. Because, again, he's only 20 years old, had a heck of a season, you know, all-star this year, averaged 26-6, and only the second player in NBA history to do that at age 20. The other person, of course, is LeBron James. So, you know, kind of an all-encompassing silver lining for LaMelo Ball, even though it wasn't his best game last night of the season. It's just seeing him make that next step and just continue to grow as a player yeah i think one of the things you you mentioned on is is, you know it's all about taking the next step and yeah i think it's it's disappointing because this is you know we'll look back a year from now and the hornets are kind of in the same spot a little bit but i think you kind of look at the regular season success you look at all the growth a lot of their players have made i understand how you can kind of look at the result and look at the ending and say oh it's the same as last year there's been no progress made and every team's journey to improvement is not linear and not the same you know sometimes it might take knocking on the door a couple years before you finally break through I think I brought this example up to Sam Farber the other day on one of the podcasts but uh, there was a stretch a few years ago where the Denver Nuggets were felt like they were at ninth place in the west for about three or four years in a row and all of a sudden they made a huge jump and now they're kind of a perennial you know home court advantage in the first round caliber team so um, it, it takes time I know that's not what necessarily what uh we all want because these you know obviously we all want to win and you know see those results right away but you know it's it's part of the process and this is just another step in the journey um even if it does feel very familiar to last year it's continued to move up more and more each year but overall Lamelo just tremendous year tremendous year from him and obviously more to come for sure one of the more recent examples of that non-linear climb to the top is, well, Atlanta. I mean, the Hawks were a 6 seed last year, were able to make that run into the Eastern Conference Finals, and then this year they are fighting for their playoff lives going through the play-in tournament. So just another example of how things can change quickly from year to year. So we'll see what the future is in store for Charlotte. We'll talk about what this means for the Hornets and the franchise moving forward. Was this season a success? We'll talk about that next right here on a Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. I'll need some time to digest this. Obviously, you know, we'll move forward. I got to digest this game and figure out, you know, what we can learn from this. 
and then uh, get back to work. It just, it's just about work now, you know, to take the next step. Two years ago, we won 23 games. This last year, we won 33, and this year we won 43. The goal is to not be in this position next year. You know, if we can keep climbing and get better in this Eastern Conference, most times 43 wins in the Eastern Conference gets you a six, seven, eight seed. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it hit us with the 10 seed, but I'm proud of the way we, we dug in all year. We got better throughout the year. Uh, the step we took from last year to this year. Now the goal is to use this summer to get better. Um, obviously, this this game can motivate us and fuel us just like the last you know last season did to get better. But unfortunately, you know this game didn't go our way. But we'll use it as a way to get better. Head coach James Borrego after last night's 132 to 103 loss in Atlanta, ending the season for the Hornets and JB's kind of all of us have to sit down and kind of digest this one a little bit more as Charlotte ends up with a little bit of disappointment here at the end of this season in similar fashion to last year as well. Rob Longo and Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com with you here on today's edition of the HHC. And that brings us up to this discussion, Sam. I know we will talk about this in depth with Sam Farber and, you know, whoever else over the next couple of podcasts, I would imagine. But this season as a whole, was it a success for Charlotte? And the one thing I want to preface this with is the way that the Hornets exited this season. Yes, it is very similar to last year as the 10 seed going on the road and losing, but it was in different fashion. The Eastern Conference was extremely good this year. I mean, you're four games above 500. I talked about this with uh, Sam the other day on the podcast about, you know, do we like the playing tournament? And as a Hornets fan, well, yeah, you certainly like the playing tournament because if it wasn't for it, you wouldn't even be in the postseason the last two years because you would both in a 10th spot in both of those seasons. So, you know, I understand why some other teams might be frustrated if they're in that seven and eight spot and that sort of thing. But for the Hornets, it's obviously been an advantage over the last two years. Back to my other point too as well. The way that the season ended the last two seasons, kind of completely different. Last year, going into Indiana, Hornets really limped into the postseason in very not so much dramatic fashion. They were losing five straight. They lost their six straight against the Pacers that knocked them out. They didn't really have a whole lot of energy. They didn't have momentum going into that game. You know, Doug McDermott kind of sucked the life out of that one early on, hitting a couple of threes. I guess you could say Kevin Herter did that a little bit yesterday as well, but the Hornets were competitive through the first two quarters and for a little bit of that third quarter as well. And the team was on the upswing a little bit. They won three straight. They played some really good teams. They beat a playoff team in Chicago on the second night of a back-to-back. So kind of two different ways that the season's ended in that aspect. And the same thing, too, here at the same time is I understand – you know, fans are frustrated. You know, I'm frustrated. I'm sure everybody's frustrated the way that this season ended. But at the same time, you know, how else do you want it to end? That's the thing. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to make the postseason and that sort of thing. But without the play-in tournament, you know, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. You either lose in that first game or you just sit out and you're not in the top 10 at all. So overall, with all of that said, I know I rambled a little bit there and I aired some grievances and I got on my soapbox. But all things considered, this was a successful season for the Hornets. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think you can you can definitely call this season a success and still feel disappointed with the result and with the ending I mean I think and that's natural I think this team you know constantly talked about wanting more and you know wanting to be a team that not only gets into the playoffs but advances in the playoffs and you know it just unfortunately wasn't their night last night and and through circumstances that you know were were you know, it's challenging with the circumstances that are this playing tournament because if you have a bad night, there's not a second game or a third game or a long series you can kind of get it back. So, you know, they made great growth this season internally. You know, most wins in, in six years. They had a, they've improved every year the last three years in terms of win percentage. They had the most road wins in almost 20 years. I mean, there's a lot to be happy with, but you can also be unfulfilled and unsatisfied with the way things ended. So it's definitely kind of a confusing, you know, 
we're still just 12 hours kind of removed at this point from the game. And it's hard not to let the finish, you know, cloud how you view the whole season. But I think over time you look back and say, you know, hey, there's a lot of positive, a lot of growth, teams going in the right direction. You know, don't let this one game against Atlanta define the whole season and the strides the team has made this year. Well said. Well said. We'll, I'm sure, continue this discussion over the next couple of podcasts as, of course, you know, we are now in the offseason portion here of the Hornets schedule. We'll have some exit interviews with some of the players. We'll have some player profiles and have some discussions about some individual successes from this season and their performances and their evaluations over the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, we'll take a few days off here on the HHC. It's a well-deserved rest for a couple of us for sure. But, you know, in the meantime, we still got some 2K action going on here over the next couple of weeks. Their season just ramped up as well. And of course, we'll have some NBA draft coverage and we will have some summer league coverage as well over the next couple of months with the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Purley, who joined me today on the HHC. And Sam, thank you as always. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you so much for lending some time throughout the course of the season. We re- truly appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. I always enjoy coming on and talking Hornets basketball. Like I said, even wins and losses, it's always fun to rehash it the day after. And, and thank you to everybody out there that listened and took the time to hear what we had to say about the team and got invested and went along for this crazy ride this season. It, it's been a blast. Again, I know it didn't end like how we all wanted to, but you know the, the best days are ahead for this team. And you know I'm excited to see you know all season coverage and what we can do with the draft and all that stuff. So you know looking forward to more podcasts coming up. Future is certainly bright, and of course the future is certainly bright here on EHHC. We'll get you covered through all your Hornets coverage throughout the off season. Special thanks, of course, to our Hornets PR staff here today throughout all their help over the course of the season you know it goes a lot beyond just giving us stats and that sort of thing coordinating interviews for us getting some players on here so you can enjoy listening to those guys as well as Mitch Kupchak and all the assistant coaches as well special thanks to Sam Farber as always for writing the ship on the HHC I all know I am the producer this is still his love child so we still are able to keep that going for you guys and of course for Sam Perley for joining me on the HHC today I'm Rob Longo saying so long we'll see you in a couple days right here on the Hornets High Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.